This is the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast for Wednesday, October 9th, 2019. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, and we have a fun show on tap for you today. And I hope that you feel like every show is worth coming back to, but I'm especially looking forward to today because today's going to be our Big Ten day. Uh, Usually, we will take one show every week and kind of talk about the upcoming Big Ten schedule because Penn State fans want to keep an eye on what's happening around the rest of the conference. And we'll also sprinkle in some nuggets about some of the other top 25 teams in action that may be of some interest to Penn State fans now that they continue to climb those rankings and are number 10 coming into a huge three-game stretch upcoming on the conference schedule. Before we get into all that, though, I want to make sure you guys are following the show and liking the show, supporting your show any way you can, whether it's on Twitter at LockedOnNittany, on Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany, or, of course, by subscribing to this podcast so you never miss an episode in your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We have your feed for this show with you for all of those outlets. So make sure you're subscribed in your favorite podcasting app and you'll never miss an episode. These episodes go up live around midnight Eastern, tentatively scheduled, and they will be there for you every day, Monday through Friday. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We do a daily show every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Sunday and Saturday, we have to watch some football and gather some thoughts about what to put into these podcasts, but this show will go every Monday through Friday, and it's been a blast so far as we've relaunched the show last week, and of course, we have more on tap this week. So like I said, we're going to adjust our weekly schedule a little bit today. We're going to dive into the Big Ten weekend preview in today's episode, so we have a lot to get to, so let's get to it. Before we dive into our Big Ten weekend preview, as well as a look at some of the top 25 teams in action, we're going to spend a couple minutes in this segment to remind you guys that HBO's 24-7 College Football airs tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, and it's going to be focusing on Penn State. Now, the Penn State football Twitter account did put out a little bit of a tease, so if you want to go check that out, we retweeted it on this Uh, on this account, on this Twitter account. So you can make sure you go check it out uh, and look forward to it tonight. Now, make sure you have your DVR set if they're not already. (laughs) Uh, This is going to be pretty interesting because uh, we're going to get a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look at Penn State during practices. And I don't know how much is actually going to be revealed, and I'm not entirely sure how groundbreaking it'll be, but it will be pretty interesting because really for the first time, you're getting a behind-the-scenes look from someone else besides Penn State football. Now, obviously, they get a lot of say in what is shared with the video team and what is aired on the program. But this is pretty cool. And I think it's a really cool idea to embrace, I think, if you're James Franklin and Penn State, because certainly it gets your program out to the masses and it really showcases what you're doing behind the scenes. And we've seen this type of documentary at other programs in certain capacities. And this is going to be pretty cool to see. And I, I'm very curious to see what is shown and how it is portrayed. Uh, and I wonder how much they're going to dig into the, the current state of the program. Now, obviously, this was recorded previously. So a lot has happened since the cameras uh, left the HBO or left the practice fields. But And HBO's got some other schools that they're going to be checking out as well as this uh, show goes on. But it's very cool, I think, for me to see Penn State 
open their doors to this kind of a feature. And if you've seen any of these HBO series before uh, with their 24-7 sports uh, lineup, uh, I think they've done some stuff uh, with uh, the Winter Classic in the NHL. And they've obviously done some other things as well. I, I can't say that I've watched a lot of it, but I will be tuning in. Well, I probably won't be watching it live tonight on Wednesday. I'll probably be watching it off of the DVR on Thursday, which is probably why I won't be able to talk about it much until we get to Friday's show. So bear with me. We will talk about it a little bit, and I'll share some of my reactions and my opinions. And I, I might write something up on NittanyLionsDen.com uh, about it. But as far as this podcast is concerned, you're going to have to wait for my reactions in podcast form probably until Friday. So if you can bear with me then, uh, that'd be great. But yeah, I do think that this is going to be pretty cool to see you know, James Franklin interact. And we're going to hear a lot of the same things from James Franklin, I believe, in this program that we've already heard or seen in various press conferences. You know, if you follow Penn State football, you're probably not going to get a lot of uh, unique quotes from some of the people, especially James Franklin. And that's not a de- that's not a negative. That's not me ripping James Franklin or anything. I just feel like uh, the audience is a little bit more widespread beyond the the Penn State community, I think, for this program. So that's why you may not see something that's totally new and groundbreaking, or you may not hear something totally unique if you follow the press conferences and you follow the the, the media coverage of the team all throughout the year. But it is going to be pretty cool for other people to see what's going on here at Penn State. And that's why I think it's pretty cool that programs like Washington State and I think was it Florida State was one of the other programs? There was a fourth school too, and it escapes me at the top of my head. But uh, I think it's pretty cool that these kind of programs are getting a chance to open up the doors and showcase what they're doing. Because, you know, every college football team, every college football program runs differently. They may have the same motives in mind. They may have the same goals. But every, every team has a different approach. And I don't think that there is necessarily one right approach. I think many different approaches can work for various schools out there. So that's why I think it's pretty cool to see how Penn State works compared to how Mike Leach and Washington State run their program. You know, how Willie Taggart is doing at Florida State. Obviously, the wins aren't there, but, you know, sometimes there's more to the story behind the scenes of what's happening at these different programs. And you guys have been following Penn State football for who knows how long. And you know that there have been some things that have gone on with this program uh, for a long time now. And now James Franklin is in charge. He's been at the helm for a number of years now. And things are running pretty smoothly, if you ask me. Uh, from what I can see. And I'm very curious to see how the coverage is done tonight in uh, HBO 24-7 College Football. Again, that's 10 p.m. Eastern. I'm sure it's replayed uh, a number of times uh, on the schedule. So if you don't get a chance to watch it at 10 or if you have too many DVR recordings already scheduled for 10 p.m. and you can't record another one, you know, find a time that's maybe playing overnight or something on your guide and make sure it's DVR'd that way. That's Something that we have to do in my house sometimes. We we DVR a lot of shows. You know, we don't watch too many shows live. So we'll flood the DVR with as many programs. And we'll get to them when we get to them. And of course, it, for me personally, in college football season, I get to my shows pretty much um, January, <laughs> maybe February. So I'll have a lot of stuff on the DVR loaded up. And I'm sure some of you can probably... Uh, commiserate with me in that sentiment but yeah hbs 24 7 college football tonight at 10 p.m eastern and it will be on my dvr and we'll talk about that one on friday 
All right, coming up in our next segment, we will dive into the weekend schedule around the Big Ten and take a look at some of the games. It's, you know, just glancing at the schedule, it's not a great weekend of action with as far as drama is concerned. But you know what? Sometimes when that happens, you get surprises out of nowhere. So we'll see if there's any surprises lurking under the in the shadows on the Big Ten schedule. And maybe we'll take a peek at that top 25 schedule in the next segment, too. Week 7 of the Big Ten schedule isn't exactly loaded with great quality matchups, although the Penn State game at Iowa is certainly the marquee game of the weekend. But Michigan State is also heading to Wisconsin. you got Michigan and Illinois, Rutgers, Indiana, Maryland, Purdue, and Nebraska facing undefeated Minnesota. So let's start taking a look at some of these games and offer some quick thoughts on these games going on this weekend around the Big Ten. Now let's Go through chronologically as we typically do. And let's start with those noon games on Saturday. We have three games being played at noon Eastern time. And it's going to start with number 16 Michigan heading to Illinois. That'll be a, a game on ABC. Now this is a interesting game because Michigan's offense has not been playing particularly well. But Illinois is not a team that should give Michigan too many problems with the way the Wolverines have been playing defense. So I guess the big question is... Is there any chance that Illinois can score a stunner here? And i got to be honest, I don't see it. I, I really don't. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Michigan's defense is going to carry this team throughout most of their schedule. There may be a couple hiccups along the way that they really struggle to uh, overcompensate for on defense. But this is not going to be one of them. I know Illinois gave Nebraska a run a few weeks back, but that was Nebraska. And Michigan's offense may not be instilling too much fear right now. But this is a matchup that they should be able to take advantage of. I haven't looked at the spread, but I have to imagine Michigan's a pretty comfortable favorite here on the road. You know, Illinois is 0-2 in the Big Ten. I think that they're looking right at an 0-3 start in Big Ten play because I just don't see how... Illinois can stun Michigan unless they can make Shea Patterson make some mistakes which is not necessarily out of the question he's made a number of mistakes he's had some problems fumbling the football but Illinois is just going to have to capitalize and against that defense I just don't really see that happening so I think Michigan's in store for another good comfortable win not quite at the kind of blowout we saw against Rutgers but certainly not the defensive slugfest we saw last week against Iowa. This game probably falls somewhere in the middle there, and I think Michigan wins this one pretty easily. I don't think there's too much reason to be concerned if you're Jim Harbaugh. Lovey Smith, on the other hand, might have a few more issues on his hands going forward. Another game being played at noon Eastern includes uh, some Big Ten East representation. We've got Rutgers heading to Indiana, and I swear I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about this game. Maryland comes into this game 1-4, 0-3 in the Big Ten, second game with the interim head coach, and now they've got a handful of players starting to opt out of the season, basically, with their redshirt option. Uh, this is not looking good for Rutgers. Uh, this season's going to get ugly in a hurry, and guess what? It's already pretty darn ugly. So <laughs> this is a, a tough road trip for them because Indiana, even though they're 3-2 overall, 0-2 in the Big Ten, Indiana playing at home certainly is a much more formidable threat, I think, to most teams probably in the Big Ten. There's just something about Indiana playing at home where you know that Indiana is going to lose the game, but they're going to 
to make things interesting for a while. And I think that this is certainly a matchup that favors Indiana almost in every way. So Indiana probably blows out Rutgers in Bloomington, which uh, does not look good for Rutgers. I, I do think Indiana has their first win in the Big Ten locked up this week. So no real reason for concern for Indiana because Rutgers is going to be a dead team walking very quickly. And appropriately enough, it's October. So it's Halloween time. So we're talking about walking dead. So yeah, this is going to be another rough road trip for Rutgers as far as I can see. I just I don't see how they come out of this one with a win. The other noon game, of course, will be Maryland visiting Purdue. We just saw the Purdue Boilermakers in State College. We just saw Maryland two weeks ago. And Maryland had a huge bounce back game last weekend against <laughs> that same Rutgers team we were just talking about. Uh, this is an interesting situation because Purdue is still without some of their key players. Uh, I don't know what the latest is on Rondell Moore as, as of the time I'm recording this, but I would imagine he's probably not going to play. Uh, if I'm wrong on that, please don't hold that against me. But I do think that this is another opportunity for Maryland to to get a win under their belts and kind of regain some of their momentum. They will have some tougher challenges ahead of them for sure. But I feel like the way that Purdue is right now, I feel like this is a game that gives Maryland the advantage. But I can't rule out Purdue playing at home uh, because I have seen Rutgers, or I have seen Maryland. Uh, I don't think Maryland is as bad as that 59 nothing uh, beat down by Penn State insinuated. I just think that was a tough draw and uh, against a very good Penn State team. Uh, this is a different situation because I think Purdue is much closer to Maryland right now. Uh, but playing on the road still kind of worries me for Maryland because I just feel like every time they go on the road, it's uh, not a great spot for them to be in in most cases. And Purdue is interesting because even though they may be banged up, they still feel like they have enough in them to get a win. So I think Purdue gets out of this game with their first Big Ten win of the season. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. I think this is a close game uh, for four quarters. I just think Purdue is going to find some way to make a play happen in the fourth quarter that turns the game in their favor and they get out of this game at home with a win, a much-needed win for Purdue. Well, that would drop Maryland to 3-3, three and 1-2 three, and two in the Big Ten, and maybe they lose some of that momentum. But I feel like this is a toss-up game as far as I'm concerned, and I'm going to go with Purdue in the victory year. One 3.30 game on the Big Ten slate this weekend, and it's a pretty decent one. You got number eight, Wisconsin, 5-0 overall, 2-0 in the Big Ten. They shut out their non-conference opponents. They're not giving up many points to their Big Ten opponents. And Michigan State is an offense that is probably going to have some more trouble. We saw it against Ohio State last week. While the Michigan State defense did come out, fired up pretty well uh, for a first quarter, things got away from them very quickly in the second quarter. And I don't think that Wisconsin's going to blow them out the way that Ohio State did. But I do think that this Wisconsin team is very capable of making life very frustrating for Michigan State uh, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time uh, this weekend. This game is going to be on Fox, I think. I, I actually don't see the TV listing here. Uh, so I imagine it's on Fox because I'm looking at the ESPN page, uh, not the, uh, the usual Big Ten page I look at. And when ESPN doesn't list what TV network it is on, it's probably on Fox. So I'm going to guess this game's on Fox. Uh, don't hold me to that, but I feel like this is a Fox game. Wisconsin is a 10-point favorite here. 
I can understand that because Michigan State's offense does not intimidate me one bit. There's nothing about that offense that kind of screams to me that they are going to start putting up some points against one of the best teams that's been playing defense in the Big Ten this season, and that's Wisconsin. So I think Jonathan Taylor has another solid game. I'm not going to say a big game because when I say a big game, I'm thinking 150 yards, three touchdowns. I think that this is a game where he gets his yardage and he gets his touchdowns early on in the game. And then things kind of quiet off for the rest of the game as the game is going to be pretty solidly in hand because Wisconsin's defense is not going to let Michigan State make a whole lot of things happen. And this game's being played in Madison, so that's a huge advantage for this game and this series as well. If this game were in East Lansing, I might feel a little bit differently, but it's not. So it's in it's in Camp Randall, and I feel like that's a bad spot for, the, for this Michigan State team to go in. They're already coming off a big, tough loss at Ohio State. I think they drop a second straight game in Big Ten play and take the loss here against Wisconsin. And there is one more game in the Big Ten this weekend, aside from the Penn State-Iowa game, which we'll talk about more in the next couple of episodes. But uh, Nebraska going on the road against undefeated Minnesota. Is this the week that Minnesota finally takes a loss? This is a pretty big game in the division because I've already declared Wisconsin the easy favorite in the Big Ten West. But Minnesota is just hanging in there. And the longer they do so, the more interesting Minnesota becomes, especially since they're on Penn State's schedule coming up. So that's going to be a, that could potentially be a pretty tricky game for Penn State. But Minnesota getting Nebraska at home this week, that feels like it could be a loss for Minnesota, but I'm not seeing it. <laughs> Minnesota just finds ways to win some of these games, and Nebraska finds ways to lose some games this season. So why can't the two of them go together? I don't think this is a reversal of fortune kind of game where Nebraska finally gets the break to go their way. I, I think Minnesota's playing some decent football, and this is going to be a good statement opportunity for P.J. Fleck and his program because if they can knock off Nebraska, get to 6-0, 3-0 in the Big Ten, clinched their bowl eligibility before the second week of October. That would be huge for Minnesota. And again, as far as that Big Ten West is concerned, Minnesota is still undefeated. If they get the 3-0 with a win against Nebraska already under their belts, you got to watch out for Minnesota maybe. I still think Wisconsin's easily going to win this division, but Minnesota continues to hang in there. I think they hang in there yet again. I think they get to 6-0. I think they get the 3-0 in the Big Ten. And I think they find a way to send Nebraska home, scratching their heads and wondering what's it going to take to get to the top of this division again. So I think that Minnesota gets to 6-0 and cracks the top 25 because if they get to 6-0, they need to be in the top 25. They would have earned a spot in the top 25. I don't think there's much more that they are going to have to prove uh, before some of their big games down the line against Penn State. I, I guess they still have to play Iowa, of course, and they will end the season against Wisconsin. But if they beat Nebraska, say hello to the top 25 Goldie Gophers because you're going to be there next week. All right, coming up in our third and final segment today, we'll take a look at some of the other notable games around the top 25, some teams that you may be wanting to pay attention to if you're a Penn State fan. And I also got an update on James Franklin and his response to the letter that some Penn State fan decided it was a good idea to send to a player and let him know he didn't really appreciate the way he looks. We talked about it on yesterday's episode. We're going to talk a little bit more about it in that last segment today. This is the Locked On Nittany Alliance podcast. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Nittany. 
Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany and subscribe to this podcast and all your favorite podcasting platforms such as iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Final segment of today's episode, and before we touch on some of the other top 25 teams in action that Penn State fans should be keeping an eye on, maybe do some channel surfing during the Penn State-Iowa game Saturday night, Let's update a story that we talked about in yesterday's episode about this letter that was written to Jonathan Sutherland complaining about his looks, his uh, his uh, dreadlocks, his, the tattoos, and just the way that a lot of players seem to be disgruntling some of these older alums out there. And this one alum of Penn State from 1966, apparently David Peterson, has been making the rounds for all the wrong reasons. He felt it was his duty to let a player know that he didn't approve of the way he looked and he's basically he was an idiot okay he was an idiot a very insensitive racially charged if you will uh, letter written to this Penn State player complaining about his looks and venting about the as he seems to think the downfall of the Penn State football culture, wishing that everybody would be clean shaven and going back to the days of a dress code and, you know, the stuff you talked about decades ago. This is just he's so out of touch and so out of place. And there were so many reactions that Sutherland could have had himself. And I got to applaud the way that he has responded. He didn't react to it right away, at least publicly. Uh, on Twitter, he did, actually did that a day later than some of his teammates did. His teammates took his back and shared that letter with their Twitter followers and the social media followings. We may not even know about this story if it weren't for Sutherland's teammates uh, in that locker room spreading the word about this issue and raising awareness. And I'm so glad that they did because it is certainly a topic of discussion that can extend far beyond football. And a lot of people have gone that far and justifiably so. Like I said, I think this Peterson guy is just completely out of touch. He has a self-inflicted uh, you know, point of view that he feels it's his duty to you know, make sure everybody is conforming to his ideas of the ideal Penn State football player. And first of all, he had no right to do that. Okay, he had a right to express his opinion, but writing a letter to a college student, and we discussed this on yesterday's episode, is just completely bizarre to me. And if you have a problem and want your team, the team that you're following, to have a dress code, take it up with a coach. Don't take it up with a player. And even then, you're still a little whack in the mind uh, that you think that that's actually going to be a thing that happens. But a day had passed and Sutherland finally voiced his statement on his Twitter account. And I'll just read a couple sentences from it. And just to make this perfectly clear that uh, he's not going after this Peterson dude. And as, as many people have, and I think he's just kind of moving on from this and hopefully this will probably be the end of it. But here's something that Sutherland said in his statement. Although the message was indeed rude, ignorant, and judging, I've taken no personal offense to it because personally, I must respect you as a person before I respect your opinion. At the end of the day, without an apology needed, I forgive this individual because I'm nowhere close to being perfect, and I expect God to forgive me for all the wrong I've done in my life. So that's that's well said. I mean, first of all, he, he makes it known that this guy was an idiot. 
Uh, he said it a little bit nicer than I just did. But I love the line where in order to respect one's opinion, he's going to have to respect that person. And this Peterson guy has done nothing to deserve the respect that he probably feels entitled to. And enti- I think entitled is a good way of saying it. If you write a letter to a player letting him know that you don't like his dreadlocks or you don't like tattoos on players, uh, you you feel extra entitled for some reason to express that opinion, expecting that something is going to change. I personally hope that everybody on this team that can comes out in dreadlocks on Saturday night against Iowa. I think that that would be perfect. But you know what? I don't think it's going to go that far. I think this is probably going to be the end of it. James Franklin, of course, also did uh, issue his statement when he was addressing the media during the conference call. And I'm not going to read the whole thing that he said either. He went on about uh, his uh, vision of the the Penn State community and, of course, saying a, a number of things that he's been saying for quite some time. But he says this about Jonathan Sutherland. Jonathan Sutherland is one of the most respected players in our program. He's the ultimate example of what our program is all about. He's a captain. He's a Dean's List honor student. He's confident. He's articulate. He's intelligent. He's thoughtful. He's caring. And he's committed. He's got two of the most supportive parents. I would be so blessed if my daughters were would marry someone with his character and integrity one day. Now, James Franklin always goes to bat for his players, and I think that that's one of the good character traits that uh, he has as a head coach. Uh, you know, some people think that it's a lot of uh, phony baloney stuff, and you know what? Sometimes it probably is in the public eye, but what matters most is he's got his players back in this kind of a situation, and everyone else in that locker room is going to feel the same way, or they're going to see that, and they're going to see just... Uh, how together this team really is. And really, that's ultimately the most important thing because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what your hair looks like, what your skin color is, you know, what language you speak, what background you may have in your life or your family or you know whatever it is about you that makes you an individual. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you're still coming together and putting on the same uniform. And ultimately, as long as you play for each other and you play for uh, your university, your football program, your football coach, isn't that really what the ideal football player is supposed to be, it really doesn't matter what you look like in today's game. And it really never has, I should say. (laughs) Let me make that perfectly clear. But if you're putting on the Penn State uniform the same way that the guy next to you is, the guy across the locker room is, that's ultimately what people should be cheering for. And that's what this Peterson dude just clearly doesn't understand. You know, times have changed. The culture has evolved. It's time for you to evolve as well, Peterson. That's all I'm going to say about that. Let's dive back into a couple quick games real quick to keep an eye on if you're watching some college football this weekend and maybe you're projecting, you know, let's assume that Penn State does pick up the win. Is there any chance of uh, moving up in the polls? Well, there are a couple chances. The the two games of most note, one's going to be taking place at high noon in Dallas. It'll actually be 11 a.m. local time, but it's uh, number six, Oklahoma versus number 11, Texas. You figure if uh, Texas is, manages to pull off the upset against Oklahoma, Texas would be moving ahead of Penn State, assuming Penn State beats Iowa. But how far would Oklahoma fall? That's a big question there. It's uh, possible. It's possible Oklahoma wouldn't take too far of a fall, especially if it's a close game. And remember, Texas won this game last year, but Jalen Hurts and Oklahoma have been on a roll. I don't know if Texas has enough in the tank to score enough points. I think it's going to be a back and forth type of game, sort of like how Texas had with LSU earlier this year. I just feel like this Oklahoma team, even though they might be a little banged up, I feel like there's a very good chance that they're going to make a couple plays happen. And Jalen Hurts is not going to be intimidated by this rivalry game after being in the Iron Bowl. As he has pointed out there, he's uh, he has no reason to be uh, shy about playing in a rivalry game. 
So this should be a good one. I think Oklahoma does win, though. So I think uh, Oklahoma should firmly be staying ahead of Penn State in the pan- in the rankings. Uh, they are a 10.5-point favorite. Another game to keep a real close eye on, and this will be playing at the same time as the Penn State-Iowa game, so you can do some channel surfing over on ESPN. Number 7, Florida, fresh off their victory against Auburn, heading to Baton Rouge to take on number 5, LSU. LSU has looked really good this year, guys. Uh, Joe Burrow has really rounded out what this offense is for LSU, and it's something that we haven't seen in quite some time. You know, They can throw the ball. They're confident throwing the ball, and that's something that has always eluded LSU for so many years. So the fact that Joe Burrow now, uh, remember the former Ohio State quarterback, the fact that he's comfortable and he has emerged as a true leader on that team really makes him a much different animal moving forward, uh, a team that could potentially – give Alabama a run, although I'll believe that when I see it, but I do think that this is a a very well-rounded LSU team. It may not be the best defense they've had, but it doesn't necessarily have to be as long as that offense stays uh, ticking, and I do think that they get a good challenge from Florida's defense. I just don't think that Florida has enough points in them uh, to go on the road in this type of environment and get out of there with a win, so I do think that LSU wins this game, and if you're a Penn State fan, you look at the rankings and you, you think that Penn State beats Iowa, yeah, number seven, Florida would probably be, be dropping a couple spots. So there's a chance there for if Penn State beats Iowa that they would be moving up at least one spot. And then we'll see what happens in that Oklahoma-Texas game as well. Obviously, you'll know the outcome of that game before the Penn State game that night. Uh, if you're looking for an upset, you know, USC at number nine, Notre Dame, you'll certainly be watching that. That's also a night, uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time over on NBC. Of course, Notre Dame playing at home. Notre Dame's defense looks really good. You know, I don't think their offense is going to have what it takes to really take them to that next level. But USC has looked pretty decent this year. They're banged up at quarterback, obviously. They do have some shortcomings, including the head coach. But I do, I do think they're capable of giving Notre Dame a good challenge here in South Bend. I just think that Notre Dame playing at home uh, gives them a pretty nice advantage there. They are an 11.5-point favorite against the Trojans. I can sort of see that, but I think USC, even in their losses, they haven't been a a total mess this year. I really do think that you want to keep an eye on them moving forward, certainly in the Pac-12 play, if you're interested in the Pac-12 race. But I do think that USC uh, has a chance here to give uh, Notre Dame a good scare. I just don't think they pull it off. All right, so that's uh, pretty much the the games of the most interest. I mean, if you think number one Alabama has a chance of losing on the road against number 24 Texas A&M, that's certainly on the the radar as well. I just I don't think Alabama's going to lose that game. So I think those are the games you want to keep the closest eye on. Oklahoma, Texas, of course, and the the Florida LSU game. And then, of course, keep an eye on that Notre Dame-USC game just in case. But obviously, Penn State has to take care of their own business first. That's ultimately the most important thing at hand. Uh, This is the beginning of a three-game stretch for the Nittany Lions. That's going to be a real litmus test for whether or not they're a true contender here. And that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. Again, I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, and we do this show every Monday through Friday. So make sure you're subscribed to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Whatever your podcasting app is on your phone or your iPad or your whatever you're using to listen to the podcast, make sure you find this episode, find this podcast, subscribe to it, never miss an episode. New episodes every Monday through Friday, and we try to upload them around midnight Eastern. So it's there for you all day long from start to finish. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnNittany and help on over to the Facebook page and give it a like at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. 
Got some pretty cool plans in mind for tomorrow's episode as we do some more conversation about the Iowa Hawkeyes. Might be doing a crossover episode with our friends from over the uh, the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. So should be pretty fun. We're hoping we can organize that in time. If not, I've got a couple other backup plans in mind just in case. But look forward to that. That should be a fun episode. So until tomorrow, have a great Wednesday, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the support on the show. And let's look forward to a great episode tomorrow. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow.